Sometimes you might need a pick-me-up, a push in the right direction, some words that help put you back on track. This is the Learn, Develop, Live podcast with your motivational moments. Good morning. Welcome to your motivational moment from the Learn, Develop, Live podcast. My name is Chris Jags and I'm bringing another motivator to help you start your week the right way. This week, the highest paid former mafia boss, Michael Franzis, discusses the dark side of the mob before one day he decided to walk away. Here is Michael. My father taught me something. He said, Mike, remember three things, three words that are going to take you, make you have an easy go of it with other guys. Remember to say, please, thank you, and excuse me. You know, because you bunk into somebody, excuse me. You know, you ask somebody, please, may I have this? You don't cut in front of people on the line. So little silly things become major things, God. So you can't throw your weight around. Now, you can't take any nonsense. But, you know, people have to understand, you may be the silent type, but don't mess with me, and I'm not going to disrespect you, don't disrespect me, believe it or not. Sometimes, you may be the smartest person in the room, and you don't want anybody to know that. You just want to keep quiet like you don't know anything. Let them think they're smarter than you. And there's other times when uh, you're not the smartest person in the room, but you want people to think you are. So you have to learn how to have that skill. And we had certain rules. You know, if you're a made guy and you're at a sit-down, you had to be respectful, no matter what the situation was. In other words, if I'm a made guy and I'm arguing something and I'm lying and you know I'm lying, you can't call me a liar. If you call me a liar, you lose the, the argument automatically. You have to figure out a way to make people know that, you're wrong, that this guy is wrong and I'm right. And uh, the old time was very tactful at this. You know, they would try to get you into a trap or you would just say something and you're done. It's all over. So you had to really learn how to respectfully get your point across. And you had to know the mentality of the personality of the person going in. Or you don't defeat them. These old timers were smart, you know, they were cagey. I had so many of these because it was like every day in my life when I was in the gas business, I had somebody trying to take over, somebody trying to get in. Because, you know, in New York, there's a lot of us, and we were constantly engaging with one another on different matters. And I had a big crew, so the guys in my crew got in trouble. I had to sit down with other people. It was constant the way of business. So you learn how to carry yourself there. And it really helped me in my negotiation skills in business. It really helped because going in, I would figure out what I wanted, what I would settle for, um, and I would keep, you know, I, I learned one thing. It's always great to let the other person talk. Let them talk. Let them just keep talking. Throw out a word that gets them a little bit and he'll talk more. And as he's talking, you can kind of figure out his mentality, his personality, what you can get out of him, what you can't get out of him. And um, it helped me a lot in negotiating deals later on. That life is like, it's like a wheel turning around. And the guy that's on the bottom today can end up being on the top tomorrow. And so a guy that you didn't have much respect for, um, now you better respect him. Got it. So because of that, you always tried to treat people the Very right way. Yeah. Very Because you never know, you know where that guy's going to be the next day or the next week. So I always say, I knew how to put the right people in the right place 
and get them and motivated them to do the work properly. My mantra always was at that time, do what you do best and delegate the rest. And that always worked for me until today. You know, there's things that I'm just not good at and I don't even try to do them. I don't even want to be bothered with it, but I'll get somebody that's going to do them a, whole a lot better than me. Oh yeah, yeah, had to. Because I got a lot of stuff thrown at me and I recognized what was good and what wasn't going to work. And that's important because you can waste your time with stuff all day long. That's what gave me the leverage to negotiate the deal that I got. When you have time to think and really analyze the way life goes, and you look back and I said, man, all these negatives turned into a positive for me. They gave me breaks that I didn't realize were, were happening at that time. You know, that's a big part of my faith when I talk to people. I said, you know, the, the misery that you're going through now might be the blessing for you later on. Uh, I was 17 years old when my dad drew a 50-year prison sentence. And when he went away, Joe Colombo, the boss of our family, who we were close with, he kind of took me under his wing, because my dad was his underboss. And I started to meet a lot more of my dad's friends, you know, and they were influencing me. Mike, you know, what are you doing going to school? I was a pre-med student at, at that time, uh, shortly after that. You know, if you don't help your father out, he's going to die in prison. He didn't want that. I mean, he kind of argued, no, I want you to go to school, get an education. I said, Dad, it's too late. My mind is made up. And he said to me, he said, if you're going to be on the street, then I want you on the street the right way. And how was, what was that process like? Was there a ritual? Was there an experience you had to go through? Very, very solemn ceremony, very serious. Uh, six of us walked into a room individually towards midnight that night. It was a very secure setting, obviously. And uh, I walked down the aisle, stood in front of the boss. I held out my hand. He took a knife right here, cut my finger. Some blood dropped on the floor. This is a blood oath. I cupped my hands. He took a picture of a saint. Catholic altar card, put it on my hands and lit it aflame. It didn't hurt, it, would, it burned quickly, it was just symbolic. Tonight, Michael Francis, you are born again into a new life, into La Cosa Nostra, this thing of ours. Violate what you know about this life, betray your brothers, and you will die and burn in hell like the saint is burning in your hands. Do you accept? Yes, I do. And that's it. That's the ritual. God never throws you into the fire without preparing you first. So I spent 20 years in that life at a very high level, and I was a good student of the life. I, I observed and I watched, and I, I reached a certain level there. So I knew I had to make changes. You know, one of the horrors about that life, and I don't know if you know this, but you might be in trouble, in serious trouble. Your best friend walks you into a room, you don't walk out again. And unfortunately, I've experienced that in my life with other people. And so I said, okay, um, they're not gonna walk me into a room. They're gonna have to work to get me. I never put a house in my name, no utilities. I, uh, I never went to any nightclubs. Bad place for me, I know who hangs out there. I stopped creating patterns in my life. So if somebody was scoping me, they had a, they had a tough time in figuring out where I was. And I was very disciplined in that, very disciplined, because I never sell my former associates short. There's very capable guys there. And then what happened, um, I just outlasted everybody. I mean, who went to jail, who got killed? We had a big war in our family in the early 90s. About 13 guys got killed. Another 20 or something went to jail for life. And I just outlasted everybody. And you know, the, the major thing for me was that I, I never testified against anybody. I didn't send anybody to prison. I didn't put anybody in trouble. I, I don't know if everybody really knows what kind of numbers you were bringing in. The numbers I read about, you were making six to eight mil a week, six to eight million per week and you were selling a half a billion dollars of gas per month. People think that mob guys sit around in their social clubs 
and we start to target different businesses. Well, we're going to take that over, we're going to do this. Normally it doesn't happen that way. What happens is people come to us. People would come to me with all sorts of deals. And it was mostly guys that came inside their company that had a way to make some money and they figured they can do it with me, I can protect them, I can finance them, we have strength, you know, all that. And that's how this happened in the gas business. Some guy came to me at a very small uh, gasoline operation and he said, you know, I have a way to defraud the government out of tax on every gallon of gasoline. It was attractive to me because at that time I didn't like the government. And, you know, my, my targets back then were always bigger companies. So uh, what happened, he had a couple of other wise guys that were kind of trying to extort him in his business. And um, I was able to solve that for him. And then we went into business together, and I'll tell you how it happened. I, I put somebody with him, because I didn't know him that well, and I said, I'm going to put this fellow with you, we're going to see exactly what you got going on, and we'll try to figure this out. Well, the guy I put with him was a butcher. He was my butcher. Big guy, had a scar across the top of his head. Big Vinny, we called him. So he's coming to my, every Saturday, he would bring uh, meat to my house, right? So this Saturday, he pulls up, and he's got this big box on his shoulder, and I said, what are you doing with all that meat? Are we having a party or something? I don't know about it. He says, hey, chief, it ain't meat. I said, what is it? He said, come on in the kitchen. We go in the kitchen. He puts the box down. He opens it up, $280,000. He said, that's the first week's take in the gas business. And long story short, uh, he really got my attention at that point. I grew that 280 into, uh, at times, almost $8 million a week. You're making all the family's money now. They're all kind of happy about you, but at the same time, you know, you're there as well. What happened when all of a sudden you were growing a little too fast? What kind of threats did you start seeing at that point? Were there some people that were power people saying, wait a minute, I don't like this guy having this much power? Yeah, you know what happened? I had a couple of things against me. Number one, I was a younger guy. And the older guys tend to resent you. You know, you're young, you're doing all this, you're making all this money. And that comes with the territory. You can't help that. You try to deal with it as best you can. You know, you're not flaming that fire, so to speak. And I think it was Newsday, a publication out in Long Island, had written a story that I was becoming so powerful I was going to break away from the Columbos and start my own family. No truth to it whatsoever. It was like a fairy tale, fiction, made up. But it got into people's heads. So, I mean, I got questioned. You know, they were saying, $2 billion, Michael. I said, hey, my answer was, when they write about everybody else, it's a lie. When they're writing about me, all of a sudden it's the truth. I said, come on, man, I'm giving you guys all this money. You don't have to do anything. I'm taking care of everything, you know. I put nobody in trouble. Nobody's on the line here. If anybody goes down, it's going to be me and my crew. Uh, but I knew I had to watch myself. You know, look, God doesn't tell you to be stupid. That video can be found on YouTube and is called Highest Paid Mafia Boss discusses his steps to success as published by the Life Lessons YouTube channel. That is everything from me for now. And if you'd like to work with me and see how we can fix the issue or the problem you have right now, why let yourself go for another day of worrying, the pain or whatever it is you got going on. Come over to ldlcall.com, find the ideal time slot for you and let's speak soon. As for now, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Hope you have a great day and I'll see you in the next one. You're listening to the Learn, Develop, Live podcast because chocolate doesn't always have the answer. Thanks for listening. You can find more motivational moments at learndeveloplive.com and we'll be back to inspire you again tomorrow.